0: Welcome to Jesse Jameson and Friends. Your host, Jesse Jameson, has a real treat for you. You are about to hear a great story. And if Jesse brings his A-game, some good commentary too. And later on, we'll let you know how you can join Jesse as a guest. Now, without further ado, here's Jesse. Welcome back to Jesse Jameson and Friends. So for the next three shows, we're going to do something kind of a little different. It's something that I've wanted to share for a while, um, but I wanted to do it at the right time. And I feel like right now, uh, we've been doing Jesse Jameson and Friends for about six months. And I wanted to finally share something that's not necessarily a story, but in a weird way, I guess it is. Um, I was struggling financially, which a lot of uh, young men go through at certain points in in their lives. But instead of suffering financially in my 20s, like many do, I was uh, struggling financially in my mid to late 30s and um, instead of shopping at the mall and stuff, uh, I had to go without stuff at the mall, if you know what I mean, and even spend some time away uh, from the popular retail shopping outlets that we all know and love. Right. And today's story is from me, Jesse, from Phoenix, and the name of my story today is 20 Shoes. So. One of the things that happened when I was growing up, and I think this happens with a lot of us, is our mom will take us out at the beginning of the school year, right? And we'll get one pair of maybe Nikes or Reeboks or whatever's popular nowadays, right? But we'll but you'll get your one good pair of shoes. And then you'll have your shoes that you know you kind of had at the end of last year still. And then you might even have a dress-up pair of shoes, you know, to go with a pair of cleats as well. But you you don't really have much variety. And the reality is when you're young, you gravitate towards the shoe that is the nicest, right? So if you get a pair of Nike Air Jordans, you're no longer gonna be wearing those nice Reeboks that are in the closet. You're gonna ignore those when you're young and you're gonna wear your nice shoe. But here's the problem with wearing your nice shoe. It wears out quickly. It starts to look not so new pretty darn quickly, right? And then before you know it it actually looks grubby and gross but by the time it looks grubby and gross we love it and our foot is already molding to it right it's broken in and believe it or not this actually is a pretty smart way to do shoe shopping uh when you're a kid because the reality is you're going to be a certain size foot at age eight and when you're nine or ten you're going to be your foot's going to have outgrown your shoe anyway so it doesn't really make sense to buy more than just one or two pairs of shoes each year. And most of us grow up doing such a thing with our mom or dad or or both of our parents each and every year. Well, when I was in my 40s, I was no longer in a situation where my foot was growing in size from each year. And the truth is, once we're in our 20s, our Our feet kind of stop growing. Now, don't get me wrong. If you're one of these individuals that's gained 100 plus pounds, there's a good chance that your foot has gained some size as well, obviously. And the and the reverse is true as well. If you've lost a ton of weight, there's a good chance that you've gone down a half to a full shoe size potentially. Right. But predominantly speaking, if you don't really go too up or too down on your weight, your foot size is going to stay the same. So let's talk about that same scenario, right? Where you get one pair of shoes. They look great when you first buy them. So great, in fact, and they're so nice that you don't want to wear your two or three other pairs in the closet. So what happens is pretty soon the dust, dirt and wear and tear start to take uh, hold and your shoe almost becomes like a puppy. And what I mean by that is when you get a brand new puppy, they are just the most adorable, youthful, energetic, beautiful looking creatures right and by the time they're six or seven years old and they're a full blown dog they start to almost get whiskers and gray hairs their breath starts to stink right and they don't they don't have that youthful beautiful puppy feel anymore but by that time once again you love them because they're a member of your family But with your shoes, you should never really fall in love with, you know, inanimate objects, right? So what happens with the shoes is at first they start to gain wrinkles, right? You get that right from the get-go just by walking. That's why some people, when they get brand new shoes, especially when they're young, they almost try to walk weird so they don't crease them. The next thing that happens is the shoelaces, instead of being glowing white like they are when they're new, they start to get kind of faded and off-white. And underneath the tongue you don't or underneath the laces on the tongue you don't even realize as the dust and the wrinkles settle in the creases if you will and what happens is after two or three weeks your shoe still looks nice but it definitely doesn't look brand new and after two or three months especially if you're wearing your favorite shoes all the time they might as well be 10 years old because you can't really tell the difference between your three-month-old sho- shoes and your 10-month-old shoes right and so the reason i wanted to bring up this story is because i currently have around 18 or 19 pairs of shoes now i know the title of the story is 20 shoes but i thought 20 sounded like a better number than 18 or 19 if you know what i mean so let me tell you what was going on in my life i uh, was quite a bit of money in debt i owed quite a bit of not only child support but some back child support for a second child and basically half of my paycheck uh was automatically spoken for or garnished and when you have to pay things like rent car gas food um and you've had half your money taken away from bills that you can't you know are kind of out of your control at this point what happens is things like clothing haircuts entertainment like going to the movies or or even uh other clothing entertainments like shoes, right? Because shoes aren't clothing, but at the same time, you know, they work with your clothing each day, and it's not like you can go out without shoes. But these different luxuries of life that we're used to picking up as kids with our parents or as young adults, we're used to picking up on a weekend after we just got paid, they weren't afforded to me. Let me just say that. And so, the real thought behind this uh, first show, and it's going to be three shows that I do all together in a row is on minimalism Um, you know if your room or your house or your car is an absolute mess there's a good chance that between your ears you've got a lot of commotion going on as well and sometimes we need as humans to take a step back kind of take a cleansing breath and maybe even reset if you will so a couple of years back, I became big into minimalism, not because I necessarily wanted to and found it exciting, but I kind of needed to. And I didn't want to just give up. I wanted to come forward with a plan to kind of slowly but surely get out of poverty. And so the really cool thing is, is if you've stayed listening to me here for the first couple of minutes and you've decided to stay with me, and especially if you're a young bachelor or bachelorette, This video and the next three videos combined might just change your life because I believe if I would have applied these things in my early 20s, I might be very, very wealthy by now. So if you're in your early 20s or in your early 30s or heck, even if you're older than me and you're in your 50s, take heed to the words that I'm about to share. So let's start here with minimalism. Minimalism is the idea that you don't need all the stuff and all the clutter in your life. And if you have less need for your stuff and less clutter in your life, it'll lead to a happier, more productive life. And probably one where you actually have a little bit of more dollars in your pocket and a little bit more savings in the bank account. So the first thing that I would recommend is if you are a naturally messy person, let's slowly but surely declutter physically. And what I mean by that is if you have something in that top drawer, that's really nice and it doesn't look like something worth throwing away, but you haven't used it in three or four years, you know, like maybe you bought a little paintbrush set, a paint by number set. Right. And it's just sitting in that top drawer or the top of the closet. And it's been there for three or four years and you just can't throw it away because it's new. It's still wrapped. Right. Well, what you could always do is take that to a local Goodwill. You could give it away to charity. Uh, You could take it to a church where they can give it away to, you know, children and families that are less fortunate, right? And the reality is, if you're not using it, then it's no different than a piece of trash that's taking up space in your closet or your drawer. So the first thing that we need to do and that I did was I started taking stock of all the stuff in my room. And I know you're thinking, what does this have to do with poverty? Well, it kind of starts a domino effect that I think you'll find pretty interesting, okay? So the first thing that I did was I ended up throwing out every bit of trash that was in my car. And I've seen a lot of my friends' cars, and I've seen a lot of people that you think would be really neat, upstanding people. And then you go to their car and it looks like a homeless person lives in their car. And this might be you. The first thing you need to do is you need to make a rule. I'm not going to eat food in my car. That doesn't mean that you can't go to, you know, uh, McDonald's and buy food and take it home. It's just, you're going to really get good at not leaving McDonald's cups in your car and not leaving wrappers and napkins and, and what have you, because you're going to make a decision. I'm not going to eat in my car. If you have any socks, or jackets or t-shirts in the back seat. I want you to take them out, and if you want them, wash them and make them part of the inside of your house again. If you don't, then once again, throw them away or give them away to charity. But I want you to start off by making your car immaculate. And what I'm hoping that has an effect of is a calming effect. When you go in your car, you'll no longer feel like, oh my goodness, I've got to clean this thing and one day I'll get to it. No it's clean right from the get-go because of minimalism. We're gonna keep it clean because clutter out of our car means less clutter in between our ears so that we can focus on other things in the world other than how embarrassing our car looks. Because you might not think you care about your car and then all of a sudden a good looking guy or a good looking girl comes up and you are flat out embarrassed by your car. Okay, so make it as clean as you possibly can Make that deal with yourself that I'm not going to buy McDonald's and eat it in my car. I'm going to buy McDonald's and transport it with my car, which is what the car is there for, and I'm going to take it home. And what will happen is you'll start to really enjoy your clean car. So the next thing that I recommend is make your bed every morning. If your bed looks nice, it's never an embarrassment. If your bed looks bad, then once again, if a friend or a family member or somebody comes in your room, there's Jesse with his messy bed. Well, not if Jesse wakes up every day and starts the day by cleaning that messy bed. So now we have a car that's clean and now we also have um, a a bed that's made. Okay. And once again, Jesse, what is this deal with with minimalism and getting successful? Well, we're going to get there. So the next step would be obviously to do the same thing with your whole room. Just like I was describing earlier, that little paint-by-numbers that's brand new and you never took it out of the wrapper and it's been sitting there for four years. Well, it might be a paint-by-numbers for one of us, but it's something else for you. And that might be a ton of crummy old shoes. That might be a bunch of shirts in your closet that you know are too nice to throw away, but once again, you never wear them. So why don't we help somebody that's less fortunate by taking those down to the goodwill and donating them or maybe down once again to a church or a, or a civil uh, center where you can drop it off for people that can use it once again that are less fortunate. And the reason that you want to clean is because if you want to try to add minimalism to your life in the name of, you know, maybe raising your bank account. Well, you're going to have to realize that the thought behind minimalism has a lot to do with the fact that if a person has a messy room or a messy life, then they're probably not very focused, once again, in between the ears. So another cool thing with minimalism is that it can kind of keep you out of financial trouble. Let me explain. When you decide that you're going to be a minimalist, you no longer think of your paycheck the same way you used to. Uh, Case in point, when I was younger, if I got paid on a Friday, my thinking was, hey, my check's going to be X amount of hundreds of dollars. So I'm going to have X amount of hundreds of dollars to be able to pay for a movie, a new watch, uh, you know, new toys, if you will, whatever the case may be. When you're a minimalist, you come to the reality that fun things that you want, these inanimate objects, these things that we think make us happy they really only make you happy temporarily. And what's really gonna make you happy is to start having some money in your bank account and to get rid of this clutter in your life. And so a real good way to do that is to take a step back, if not forever, for at least a couple of weeks, right? You don't have to make minimalism a permanent thing in your life, but at least temporarily so that you can see the benefits of it. You're not really thinking about shopping. You know, the reality is when we go out to shop, we buy things like clothes, cars, Cars are rare, yes, but we do go out to buy them, right? And we might buy, uh, on a really big extreme, we might buy houses. But again, those are expensive things that it's not like you're going to buy tons of them, right? Same with the cars. But we also do things like haircuts. uh, And sometimes we need those haircuts, but sometimes we don't necessarily need those haircuts. But ultimately, we're going to quit shopping so much. Now, I told you a little bit earlier that in my case, this wasn't something I wanted to do. I just no longer really had the money. So one day I kind of got a job interview and, you know, I don't care who you are. If you're going to a job interview in a weird T-shirt, you're not uh, you're not making the smartest move. You want to have a nice dress shirt with a collar, maybe even a couple buttons on it. Right. You want to have a pair of nice dress slacks and nice dress shoes. So I was still making money. But after child support and such, you know, a lot of it was getting zapped. Okay. So for the first time in my ever I, uh, in my life, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go down and just see what they have at the Goodwill, because I knew from past experiences when I went into Goodwill's that they had stuff for reasonable prices. Uh, but at, back then I was way too cool to want to buy something that was secondhand or used. But when I went to the local Goodwill, one of the things that I noticed was. Well, some of the shirts are actually brand new polo. I mean, all the name brands that you can imagine and literally brand new. And even the ones that are used um, in many cases, they're very lightly used and they practically are brand new. And so what I did was at the time I bought myself a nice off blue shirt, right? Light blue, bought myself a pair of slacks, bought myself a belt. And I was surprised when I was able to leave the store with these three articles for about seven or $8. And once again, I was really surprised that my seven or $8 bought a belt that looked really good, a shirt that looked darn near brand new, and slacks that actually did look brand new. They still had the, uh, the pleats in them or whatever, you know, the creases in them. They literally look like they hadn't been touched and they fit me perfectly. And you know how it is, even if it's a little baggy. If you wear it tucked in with a belt, it looks great. And it did. And what I realized is that I can still get my want to go shopping and still keep my goals as a minimalist by giving a store like Goodwill a chance. And let me tell you what happened. I told you earlier that I bought a light blue shirt. I bought some slacks. I bought a belt. So just to give some flavor to it, let's say the belt was brown because I believe it was a brown leather belt. Well, the next time I went to Goodwill, I bought another belt, but instead of buying a brown belt, I bought a black one. And then a couple of weeks later, I went in and I bought one of those fabric ones that kind of twist around and you pull it together and it tightens, right? And so all of a sudden, I went from zero belts to three. All of a sudden, I went from a blue shirt to a blue shirt, a yellow shirt, and a red shirt. And in addition to the slacks, I bought a couple pair of blue jeans that fit me perfectly perfectly. Um, And about about four or five out of every, I don't know, 10 items that I'm able to locate at Goodwill, they literally do look brand spanking new. Like if they were worn, they were worn once. You got to remember a lot of people that donate are well off and they tend to donate really nice things. So all of a sudden I've got this little wardrobe growing. It's not really costing me too much money at all because, you know, I'm paying pennies on the dollar. And I noticed quickly that you don't want to buy things like, I don't know, you can buy new socks, which they do have at the Goodwill, but you don't want to buy anything that looks old, right? Used when it comes to socks, underwear. And although there are plenty of people that buy and try on shoes there, that's one of those uh, items that I once again, wouldn't recommend period. So I don't recommend buying shoes, socks or underwear, but I do recommend buying ties belts, pants, shorts, shirts, dress shirts, and and everything apparel wise. Um, The money that I saved would have been the equivalent of spending probably two or three grand a year. If I would have bought those same articles brand new at the mall like I had previously done. So all of a sudden, here's an interesting thing. My confidence is actually boosting because now I'm actually able to dress really, really nicely for prices that are just unbelievably low. So what does that create? Well, that creates a situation that I was in where instead of having no money, all of a sudden I have clothes and I actually was able to start saving 20 bucks here, a hundred bucks there, starting to make more of of what was left of my paycheck than I had before. Um, But I had a problem. I had these grubby shoes. It was one of two or three pairs that I had. And the other two pairs that I had were not as grubby, but they weren't new by any means. And I didn't really care for any of the pairs that I had. And none of the shoes that I had matched with my wardrobe that all of a sudden was exceptionally nice. What's crazy is my one pair of shoes that look like crap actually probably were worth more money-wise than all the money I had spent on my newfound wardrobe. Okay? So let's take this story a little further. All of a sudden, instead of a current child support and a back support, all I owed was the current support, right? So all of a sudden I had a little bit more money left over. I had already been saving a little bit of money, not a lot, because I didn't have much, but because I was spending money at the Goodwill on clothing, I was actually able to save money because I was no longer going to the mall to try to look for clearance stuff, which didn't even look good half the time. But I needed shoes. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier. It wouldn't make sense to buy a ton of shoes at the age of, let's say, 9 or 10, because you're going to outgrow them by the time you're 11 or 12, right? But when you're all of a sudden in your late 30s or early 40s like I was, it actually makes no sense not to buy a ton of shoes. So that's my little wild card here, right? You're thinking there's no reason to ever buy a ton of shoes. But let me explain. If you have an orange shirt, orange is a little weird. Let me go to red. If you have a nice red shirt, right, and you have nice blue jeans, And then all of a sudden you're able to find, let's say, a pair of red vans which look really sharp and it looked good. And the vans, unlike Nike Air Jordans, when I was a teen that cost one hundred and fifty bucks, the vans cost closer to forty to fifty bucks brand new, because like I said, I don't recommend buying used shoes. But all of a sudden with one paycheck, I had a pair of vans in case you're wondering, though, I didn't buy red. I bought black vans, right? And then the next check, because I already had plenty of clothes, but I was still able to go each week to Goodwill and buy another eight or nine dollars worth of clothes. Usually that eight of nine dollars was a, a shirt, uh, either shorts or pants, you know, basically an outfit uh, plus a tie or something or whatever the case may be. And then each week that I got a check and at this Point, just in case you're wondering, I was getting paid every two weeks, so I don't want you to think it's weekly. It was every two weeks I was taking a paycheck and I was just buying another pair of vans or a pair of boat shoes or moccasin toe deck shoes or tennis shoes or whatever the case may be. And the reason I did this was because, number one, I wasn't buying two hundred dollar shoes. I was still buying outfits. And I wanted to buy shoes that matched with the outfits because what's the point of minimalism and trying to save money and trying to get ahead in life if you're just gonna look like you don't care. And I didn't wanna look like I didn't care. I I wanted to actually get a nice wardrobe and part of that includes the shoes. So all of a sudden over the course of three or four or six months, you go from two to four to all of a sudden you've got eight shoes. Now, some people can stop at eight. You don't have to necessarily go up to 20 like I'm talking about. And even I'm not at 20. Like I said earlier, I have about 18 or 19 pairs. But here's one thing that I found that was interesting. When you get to the point where you have eight, nine, 10 pairs of shoes, especially if you like them, don't buy shoes that you don't like, period. And I'm not advocating for buying the Michael Air Jordan $200 shoes. Try to buy something that looks good, that doesn't kill your wallet. But if you really don't like them, don't buy it. In other words, if you find a $30 pair that looks good, but you just hate them because they look cheap or whatever, you know, save up the 50 or 60 bucks to buy the legitimate pair. Okay, we're doing it. We're talking strategy here. All of a sudden, you've got blue shoes to go with your blue shirt. You've got a black pair of shoes to go with your black shirt. All of a sudden, you're matching your your, your shoes with your belt. And all of a sudden, you're looking really sharp. And here's the cool thing. If you have 10, 15 pairs of shoes and you like them all and they all go with your outfits, all of a sudden you're in a situation where you're not wearing your favorite shirt three times a week. You're wearing one shirt one time during the week. And then because you've got such a big selection of shirts and shoes, you're able to just wear your shirts about once a month. What's the side effect of this? Well, your shirts and shoes keep looking brand new. Could you imagine those shoes that you love the first time you brought them home, how sparkly white they were, how perfect the laces looked, they didn't have any wrinkles? Well, believe it or not, if you wear your shoes once every two weeks or once a month, a shoe that would normally last you three to six months wear and tear wise can literally last you three to five years. So when I tell you I have 18 pairs of shoes, I don't want you to think that for 18 consecutive pay periods, I went out and bought shoes because it wasn't like that. It was more like, hey, I would really like to get a brown leather moccasin, uh, you know, Margaritaville style shoe. Boom. I purchase it. Forty five dollars. Okay. A month or two later, I'm going to get that same moccasin style. But instead of the brown leather, I'm going to get the khaki, you know, colored. And then the following week we all want a sparkly white pair of tennis shoes so i'm going to get a sparkly pair of white tennis shoes the only difference is i'm going to be able to keep them sparkly white because i'm only going to wear them once a month now whenever you buy shoes uh, especially if they're kind of tennis shoes with that leather or fake leather i always recommend you get that shoe spray shoe cleaner where the top uh, cap is kind of like a scrub brush right and so now And it's only taken a couple of years. So when I say a couple of years, I'm talking two to four years, okay? because you can literally accomplish this very quickly or you can have fun and kind of do it slowly. But what's happened is I've gotten to the point where I have new shirt, new looking shirts that are red, but I don't just have one. I have two or three that are blue, but I don't just have one. I have two or three various shades of blue. I even have a couple pink shirts, right? I have some orange, I have some beige, I have gray, I have black. I have multiple shirts of various colors. They all look really good because they all get worn about once a month. And I gotta be honest, over the last year and a half since COVID happened, I've been staying at home wearing mostly my t-shirts rather than my, you know, nice polo shirts. And usually what I do uh, when I take a walk is I wear my tennis shoes that I purposely got from Walmart, they were nine bucks, but they feel like a sock. They're so comfortable. Uh, and once again, um, I use those just constantly to walk, but those are the type that are so inexpensive that even if they were to, you know, rip and and get really just disgusting tomorrow, I could replace them this weekend for nine or 10 bucks. So no big deal. So what happens is through minimalism, all of a sudden, we're in a cleaner room, a cleaner car, All of a sudden, we've got the wardrobe, so we're not dealing with FOMO. Jesse, what's FOMO? Fear of missing out. That's why you go to the mall and spend a bunch of money. That's why you can't wait till your paycheck comes so that you don't miss out on anything and you have the money to burn. Well, what I found out quickly is that $20 saved one week and then repeating this process can equate to hundreds of dollars saved over the course of a month. Can equate to thousands of dollars saved over the course of a year and even tens of thousands have saved over the course of a couple years and when you start to get money saved it really does a lot for your confidence and you no longer dread the nightmare situation of waking up and finding out that you need a car repaired you know that you got to pay for or that your tire blew out right or that you forgot to pay your cable bill. And what are you going to do? You can't afford this unforeseen cable bill. Well, when you have money saved up, you can. And um, and that kind of all equates in my life to the the 20 shoes. You see, I'm to the point now where the only thing that I would maybe want to do is save up to buy a car, but I wouldn't want to necessarily finance a car. I think that I'm good enough at saving where I could make a goal, save up for six months to a year, and just purchase a car outright for cash. Now, when I say that, I don't want you to think Jesse's saving up to save a Merced to save for a Mercedes, but through minimalism, I wouldn't mind getting a little Nissan Versa. Google, what's the cheapest car? And the answer is a Nissan Versa. And they're ugly as sin. They look like a little rice grinder car, right? They're just very practical, they probably get 35 or 40 miles to the gallon. But to get one brand new here in May of 2021, you can get one brand new zero miles for probably less than 14,000. Now that's something that if you're not spending money on clothes, and you're not spending money on shoes anymore, because oh, by the way, once you have 18 or 19 pairs, you really have to go out of your way to need a 20th or 21st pair, because I basically basically I have all the colors taken care of. I've got fashionable shoes. So if I want to dress up, I've got the tennis shoes. So if I just kind of want to grub out and then I have a bunch of nice boat and deck shoes and vans and canvas shoes kind of in the middle of various colors. And I'm telling you, I have shoes that are three or four years old now that literally look two weeks old. Uh, I have a pair of baby blue Sperry uh, top ciders that literally look like they're about two weeks old and they are honestly about six years old now so it's one of those things that it's amazing how good you'll look if you're constantly dressed nice and that goes back to again it all starts from a domino effect that happens through minimalism now the reason i'm bringing up minimalism here and now is because the next show that i do the next segment that you listen to we will be dealing with um, stoicism and Kaizen. As a matter of fact, the next one's gonna be Kaizen. Kaizen is how through small baby steps we can make great improvements in our life. And then stoicism is the subtle art of who gives a crap what other people think. So I'm not gonna talk too much about Kaizen and stoicism now, but just know that they really blend together perfectly with minimalism. So I guess what I'm really saying is that if you listen to me and try to follow some of these things, especially if you're dealing with monetary you know, depression, so to speak, it can really help you get out of debt relatively quickly, because then what you can do is when you start to acquire more money and more savings, you can take a look at your credit card bills and your debt, right? Now there's certain debts that never leave us. For example, if you've got 25 years left, on your mortgage. That's not a bill that you're gonna pay off tomorrow, right? And you're never gonna pay off your utility bill in full because you're always gonna make more utilities the following month that you need to pay for. But with credit card debt in particular, that's something that, that we can make a uh, make a plan to pay off. Now to give you an idea, I haven't had a credit card in 15 years, but you're probably not in that situation. You probably have not one credit card, but potentially multiple credit cards. So one of my favorite uh, things to do on YouTube is I occasionally listen to Dave Ramsey. And what he suggests is that, let's say you have three credit card bills and let's say one is a $300 balance, one is an $800 balance and one is a $1,000 balance. So what you're gonna do is you're gonna attack the small bill first because now you have more money to attack it with. So instead of making your $24 minimum monthly payment that'll keep you in bondage to that credit card forever, you're going to send a double payment. And if you have more money that, that you're not using, send it off, make it your goal to pay off that $300 balance card. Because then once it's paid off, especially if you continue with your minimalism ways, you can all of a sudden have more money to attack that middle $800 credit card balance. And then of course you'll pay that off quicker, right? With less interest paid out of your savings, so to speak. And then all of a sudden you have more money to attack that thousand dollar credit card and once you pay off your credit cards make it a goal not to get any more credit cards instead make that same monthly payment that you've been making to your credit cards make it to your savings account pay yourself first so to speak and there are some people out there that'll say even when you're making payments you should still pay yourself first and i'm not against that if you want to get in the habit of each month i'm going to pay myself a 50 or a $200 payment to my savings, good for you. I say the faster you can do that, the better. But if you literally have very little of anything after your bills, then we need to try to get at least control of your bills before we can can run, right? We gotta jog or at least crawl first. So all of a sudden you've got plenty of clothes, or at least I did all of a sudden I've got plenty of shoes. And the reason I trip out about the shoes is because I don't hear anybody talk about this, but a lot of women have hundreds of shoes or at least they have more than 18 pair. Right now. That's not to say that 18 is not a lot, even for a woman because it can be, but there are some women that have more than that. What's interesting about those women is that if they were to actually go into their closet, there's probably a lot of really excellent shoes That they haven't worn a long time that to the naked eye they probably still look relatively brand new and that's the point to this madness where a woman that has a a shoe thing right where she wants to constantly buy more and more shoes well she's still going to want to buy that 51st pair and that 101st pair but that doesn't necessarily mean that you do what you can do is get to the point where once you have again 15 or 20 pairs of shoes you can revel in the fact that you're going to keep them looking great forever because you're wearing each individual pair so less often. And what happens is pretty soon you realize that you've got a beautiful selection of shoes. So the next time you go to the mall and you see that great looking shoe, you don't necessarily need it. You're only going to wear it once a month, but here's the cool thing because you've gotten so good at saving money and having extra money around, you might actually be able to buy it with no big, and it won't be a big deal because of the fact that you'll be able to keep them looking new for a long time to come and you'll be able to enjoy them for many, many years to come, believe it or not. So what's the reason that we want to save money and become a minimalist? What if I like the junk that's around me, Jesse? Well, the reality is when you're looking around your house to minimalize, If you honestly do love something and you honestly do use it all the time, why would you throw it away? I'm not telling you to throw away those things. What I'm telling you is to be intellectually honest with yourself. Take a look at your sock drawer. Are there some old white socks that have holes at the bottom that you absolutely don't need? Get rid of them. Every time I get a shirt now that I like because I have so many, I automatically get rid of my older ones that I no longer like. And because they still look good, I just take them right back up and drop them off at the Goodwill. Okay, and this is what I recommend you do as well. So when you buy a brand new pair of socks right now, there's so much clutter in your life before you put them in your drawer. Take out an old pair of socks that has the holes in them that no longer even have the elasticity to stay up your ankle. Right. Those are the ones that you want to throw away. Let's get to the point where we don't add to the current amount of stuff that we own now. Let's slowly get rid of them. So one of the things I do for my T-shirts, I think we all like a good clean white shirt, but you know, after you keep a white shirt for a year, you're eventually gonna get a ketchup stain on it. You're eventually gonna get a this stain on it or a little moth hole in it or whatever the case may be. So again, whenever I buy a three pack of white shirts from Target or Walmart or the mall or wherever I get it from, I make sure that I throw away three old ones. And you might be saying, well, wait a minute, what's Target and the mall have to do? I thought we were talking Goodwill. I don't necessarily buy everything from Goodwill. The truth is, if you do buy a T-shirt that's got a really unique design on it, you can get it for two or three bucks at Goodwill. And you wanna do that simply because finding that shirt is dang near impossible anywhere else. But if you want just a clean white undershirt and you don't want to buy a white undershirt from Goodwill, no one's forcing you to. The main thing is, is through minimalism, you can really gain savings. You can really get out of debt. You can still increase your wardrobe because now you're doing it strategically. Um, You know, it's interesting because for the next segment, I'm going to be talking about Kaizen, which is small little steps that we take to slowly but surely make great strides and improvements in our lives well one of the things that i did and i won't touch too much on it in this segment right but one of the things that i did was and i think we all did this when covid first struck and we were all working out of our homes which i've been doing now for the last year and a half i actually gained a little weight i was eating too many ramen noodles and too many too many sweets and sugars and what have you right And so I quit sugar, which is great, right? But I also started walking to Goodwill. The Goodwill was about one mile away. So to walk there and back, it was basically a two mile walk. And what was really great is when I got there, I was able to enjoy the air conditioning of the building that much more. And then, like I said, when I was there, not only was I buying a really cool outfit for under 10 bucks, but now I was getting in some really nice exercise to burn off some of the calories that I had put on my chunky butt by eating too many ramen noodles and cakes and cookies and cereals and such, you know, the stuff we all know and love and enjoy. So another interesting thing about the minimalism is it can actually make you a more enjoyable person to hang around based on the viewpoint of others. And what I mean by that is, if you ever go to your friend's house, and you open the door and it's just messy and there's maybe a foul odor of litter box or whatever the case may be, not only are they cluttered, but they're so cluttered that you'll get to the point where you don't necessarily enjoy hanging out with them. Now that I'm not saying that if you have a messy, cluttered friend, you should give up on them as friends, not at all. But if their house disgusts you and stuff, it's just a turn off. And if your house is really messy and you're full of clutter, people are going to notice it when they come and visit you. And that's one of the things that's nice. Now that I don't have a million articles just sitting there that I'm never using, it makes the room look naturally nicer. It makes the house look naturally bigger and nicer because less clutter equals more free space. The car is able to look really, really nice constantly because of the fact that I'm not constantly in it, creating a mess in it. So again, minimalism has done so much for me. And the reason I laugh when I talk about 20 shoes and minimalism is because if you go up to 100 minimalists, they're probably not going to recommend you start off minimalism by buying 20 pairs of shoes. But again, just keep in mind, it is okay to buy shoes if you do enjoy them. You know you're going to use them. You have a game plan for keeping them well-maintained and then you're actually able to actually follow through and keep nice shoes for years to come. Um, again, back to my shoes. I have these really cool Margaritaville shoes that look just like they did the day I picked them up from DSW. Uh, I've got Vans that look like they are so brand new. I could probably get top dollar on Posh, Poshmark for them, which is another thing. You know, sometimes people like to keep their stuff. And then slowly but surely, you know, sell them on eBay or at yard sales. Well, it's a lot easier to sell shoes and different articles if you actually keep them nice. And if you only wear shoes once a month, they're probably not going to get all reeky and stinky and gross anyway. So people might actually like them. And, uh, and that's kind of a cool thing. So now all of a sudden you have more money in your pocket. You've got a cleaner car. By the way, your car doesn't smell like French fries and ketchup because you're not eating in it, right? So now you have a clean car. You have a clean house. It's a bigger house because they're less clutter. You have a closet that looks great simply because you were willing to give Goodwill and secondhand stores a chance. Now, again, you can be picky. When you go into Goodwill, there's not one black shirt to choose from. There's dozens, sometimes 50 or more black T-shirts to choose from. Okay, well, I want a black button-up shirt with a collar, right? There's 50 black button-up shirts with a collar of all different sizes. Well, Wait, I want one that's literally brand new. Well, I can almost guarantee you, out of those 50 black shirts, one or two of them still going to have the tag from when they were purchased from the mall. Remember, a lot of times, especially at Christmas, family members will buy you a T-shirt. They think you'll like it because it's their favorite color. But then the person they bought it for ends up just never liking it and they end up giving it away or donating it to Goodwill. What I suggest is that you actually go down to Goodwill and intercept those. There's so many nice ones to choose from. And then, like I said, it's also kind of a good feeling when you slowly but surely accumulate some nice clothing to give back to Goodwill. Or if you're a weekend warrior and you really like having your yard sale, you can actually have some nice shirts uh, and pants that you can sell along with your other stuff that you're trying to get away because you want to be a minimalist. And also, let's go back to what I said at the beginning. We've got about eight minutes left. I didn't want to become a minimalist. Yes, I was a little messy, but I always had stuff that was still relatively new. I knew I would get to it someday, but that someday never came. So ultimately, when there wasn't that much money, the reality is I didn't have to worry about buying fast food and stinking up my car. I just went for a while without fast food, which is another great way to save money. And and as a minimalist, you can tell yourself, you know what, I'm still going to eat three squares a day, but I'm not going to eat from McDonald's or Chipotle. God, I love Chipotle. By the way, I'm eating chipotle nowadays i don't want you to think that i'm still uh, completely broke i've been able to save enough money pay off enough debt do enough investments in myself because i had money where i'm actually in a pretty decent spot you know they say that many people can't survive six days or six weeks without a paycheck right in some cases six days but i think like six weeks and most people are really in a bad spot financially Well, if you can get used to not having to buy every bell and whistle that you hear and every $60 pair of uh, shirts or or shorts at a mall and you can actually bargain shop and and look for, for things that are inexpensive or dare I say actually hold off and tell yourself no and live like a pauper today can equate to you living like a prince tomorrow so let me tell you a little bit about stoicism it's the subtle art of who gives a crap right and i'm not going to talk about it that much today but i just want to blend it in we're talking about goodwill in my case and some people just really don't want to wear used clothes ever it might remind them of when they were a kid and they got their big brother or their big cousin's hand-me-downs and i can totally understand that so if you never want to go to goodwill and purchase used stuff i agree But where you will be amazed is how much brand new stuff is there. And when you can get five shirts that you really like for less than, you know, 20% of the nice shirt that you avoided at the mall, I think it'll really, really blow you away. So the reason I bring up stoicism, the subtle art of not giving a poop is because, you know, you don't necessarily have to tell everybody in the world that you're going to goodwill. And you don't have to necessarily tell everybody in the world that you're going on a minimalist path and you don't have to tell everybody that, you know, hey, I'm not spending money because I'm cheap. It, it doesn't have to be like that. You can just set goals. You can go to Goodwill. It, it's nobody's business. I can guarantee you I've never gone into a place and somebody come up, grab my shirt and say, did you get that from a secondhand store? I've never experienced that at all. And sometimes the clothes are so nice and the new colors look so vibrant that you just don't even think secondhand store. So by getting off my high horse, by giving Goodwill a chance, by deciding to get rid of the stuff that I thought I loved, but I was really making no use of all of a sudden the brain got a little clearer. All of a sudden there was a little bit more money in the bank account. All of a sudden the confidence level was a little bit higher. I know this sounds crazy because you won't necessarily be able to do this. But another thing that I used minimalism and actually the COVID-19, you know, stay at home order uh, to accomplish was I learned how to cut my own hair. Now, there's going to be some people that roll their eyes and say, you didn't really learn how to cut your own hair. I'm looking at your hair. It doesn't look the greatest. Whatever. Right. But the point is, is I slowly but surely, instead of paying 15 or 20 bucks, you know, after tip to go to great clips or to get my hair cut. at a a barber or a hairstylist, uh, now I'm able to kind of, with the use of electric clippers that I got at Walmart for like $11, now I'm able to give myself a touch-up haircut every two weeks. So sometimes when you're broke and your hair is getting a little long and greasy and gross, and you tell yourself, well, I don't get paid for another two weeks, I'm gonna hold off. Well, the cool thing was I was slowly able to eliminate that grossness from my life. And so now I almost, And I stress the word almost look like I always have a fresh haircut. And because I'm walking constantly to the store, I almost look like I'm a really healthy guy, which I think I am actually for my age 44. I still feel like I'm about 24, to be honest with you. So we only have a few more minutes left. Let me kind of dress up the next segment that I'm going to be doing for the next segment of Jesse Jameson and Friends. I'm going to be talking about Kaizen, which is the subtle slowly but surely one little baby step at a time to making yourself go from where you are now to where you want to be by going a little bit away from where you are now and getting a little bit closer to where you want to be not through giant leaps but through small minimal little steps and a lot of people would actually call it pussyfooting around if you think about it right don't pussyfoot around get in there and do it if you're gonna do it right Well, I'm actually in the next show, I'm actually going to tell you the advantages of actually pussyfooting it around and how I combined Kaizen, which again is the uh, the ability to, to make great changes in your life for the better through small little everyday movements right, and everyday little actions. And I'm going to show you how I combined that with minimalism to achieve some really outstanding goals in my life physically, Uh, And emotionally and financially. And so I hope that over the last hour, I've been able to give you a little glimpse into what my life is as a minimalist. Number one, I want to let you know, I don't feel like I gave up on everything. I've always loved buying clothes and stuff. And I was able to buy all the shoes that I wanted, all the clothes that I wanted. And I even expanded that into buying all the watches that I wanted. So I buy these really nice watches right through eBay or sometimes, you know, when I'm out shopping. And again, it's not one of those things that you do when you're not a minimalist and you're all cluttered and you're all broke. I'm not suggesting buying a watch then, but I was slowly but surely able to say, Hey, I don't need to buy a pair of red shoes anymore or black shoes. I'd love to buy a black dial watch. I'd love to buy an analog watch. I'd love to buy a quartz watch. I'd love to buy a mechanical watch. And uh, not only do I want these watches, but I want them in every color because by golly, I've got every color shoe and every color shirt and every type of jeans, right? So why wouldn't I progress naturally and get every type of watch? And now it's become kind of a fun hobby for me when I go onto eBay. or or Amazon to purchase a watch. Uh, Now I'm looking for a specific color, right? And I might be looking for a specific look or theme to that watch. I might want a leather band, a nylon strap, or I might want the metal bracelet type watch. And so I've really been able to kind of accessorize my look And I'm just really, really excited about it. So listen, we had a special show here today with no commercial breaks. It was basically me just babbling about minimalism, but it's not over. For the next show, we're going to talk about Kaizen. And then for the third show, we're going to talk about Stoicism. So again, thank you for uh, coming and listening to Jesse Jameson and friends. We'll see you next week when we talk about Kaizen. So have a great week. We'll see you then. Make sure you come back to Jesse Jameson and friends. you for joining us again for another episode of jesse jameson and friends we hope you had as much fun as we did be sure to tune in again next week for another great story jesse jameson and friends is heard every sunday at 2 p.m eastern time and 11 a.m pacific time jesse jameson and friends is a proud presentation of the voice america talk radio network all rights reserved